What about English girls? What are they like? It's <laughs> <laughs> like other girls. I mean, I suppose yeah. We English people in general, like English guys, mm -hmm. only like see anything too special about English girls. Yeah, if, if we want to like uh, admire like the the ladies of another nation, yeah, we will probably hold them in like higher regard than. <laughs> Yeah, not to say that there aren't attractive ladies here, because there definitely are. Of course, I, think, I mean, uh, everywhere they are attractive ladies. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, but it's true that sometimes you have some features, like, I don't know, from my perspective, for example, don't know why, but the Russian girls and all the girls from the East, East to the Czech Republic, yeah. for some reason, they are, most of them are really pretty. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I might be wrong, of course. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So, uh, well, is this, sorry, is, say that again. Is this the reason you started studying Czech and uh, Russian? Actually, <laughs> it's not the reason, but it might be a reason I'm continuing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, Ethan, are you at the moment dating a Czech or Russian girl? I'm not. No, I'm single myself. Okay, I can uh, assure you, man, that after this episode, you're not gonna be single anymore. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I get a lot of Russian and Czech female listeners, actually. And uh, after hearing your wonderful native speaker voice, uh, you're gonna brace yourself, man, for this. <laughs> <laughs> brace, brace myself on my email account and well, my Facebook actually, account. Actually, it's gonna be a lot of spam there. <laughs> <laughs> Offering you some marriages. Yes. <laughs> Oh. All right. What about London? That's your capital. That's where you are from. Because at the moment, where yeah, are yeah. You at the moment, actually. Sorry. Where are you at the moment, actually? At the moment, I live in Bristol, mm -hmm. um, which is it's on the west coast of of, the, of England. Yeah. Um, pretty much directly west from London. So it's almost near Wales. Yeah, yeah. Um, much closer to Wales than I am to London. Mm -hmm. But you are originally from London, and that's where uh, you have your family, don't you? And you go back there. Yeah, yeah, I go back there quite often. Quite often. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, obviously, you know London very well. And this is where I used to live as well. So, can you tell me where in London you live? Or where yeah, in London sure. do you have your family? Okay, um, I grew up in a, an area called Muswell Hill. Um, that's... Yeah, Muswell Hills in North London. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and the thing about London is that it's it's just massive. I haven't like I grew up there for eighteen years before I moved to um, before I moved, before I moved to Bristol. And to be honest, like I know maybe like the whole of North London, a bit of West London, a bit of East London, a tiny bit of South, and like Central London. Mm -hmm. And that's I find that's quite common for people only really to to know like Central London and like the yeah. general region where they grew up. Uh -huh, uh -huh. But there is more to it. And you, yeah, there's so much. And you are the one who knows your way around. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know my way around, way around like, fairly well. Uh -huh. um, you know, my first association yeah. of London is the, the tube map. Because yeah. <laughs> for me, this is just amazing thing. Yeah, the tube is... A lot of people say that um, the tube map can be pretty confu confusing, yeah, it's, it's, confusing to navigate. It's actually great. Yeah, yeah, it's actually really simple um, it's, it's re once you get used to it. Yeah, it's like w whenever I imagine London, it's the tube map that springs to mind first. Yeah, and then what next? Yeah, what next? Well, actually, I, I was wrong. First thing that springs to mind is, of course, Arsenal, uh, Arsenal football team. <laughs> because, uh, all my listeners know that I support Arsenal football team. And I do hope... That you are not a Spurs fan, otherwise I would have to uh, hang hang up. Oh no! Right now. One <laughs> hundred. So you aren't. No, I'm one hundred percent affiliated with Arsenal. Oh great! I have, I have deep roots within Arsenal okay. Football Club. Okay, okay. Actually, I was just pretending. I already knew because I would never otherwise uh, <laughs> do this conversation. Oh so, yeah. If I knew, <laughs> if I knew, I wouldn't risk it. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it would stay my. Not only computer, but my room, my whole podcast effort, which I have been working for 
more than half a year now and uh, basically <laughs> over I, could, I, so, I would feel personal guilt I couldn't live with it I, I don't know what I would have to do to, <laughs> to cleanse myself you know <laughs> or, I probably yeah. have to kill myself <laughs> <laughs> strong feelings there <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. really you know I'm an ardent, ardent <laughs> supporter so did you used to yeah. you used to visit some games did you used to go to games yeah yeah I went to like a few Arsenal games uh, when I was a kid okay um, one thing I did do actually, I went to like up the um, the club itself was um, like I think yeah like Arsenal in general are quite famous for um, their youth program, their youth uh, football program, finding new young talent. And when I was young, like they, I went to these Arsenal soccer camps, uh-huh. and um, they'd be host, they'd be held like outside of London, um, these residential camps where you'd go there and for about a week and just play football all day, like all morning, all afternoon, all evening. And they are looking for some talent. Yeah, like not always, like a lot of them were just for fun. Um, but some of the ones I went to, um, you know, they'd bring like uh, football scouts there uh-huh. and they'd see if they like found anyone who was, you know, particularly amazing or was like really shining brightly. So how close were you to a contract with Arsene Wenger? <laughs> Probably quite far. <laughs> How do you know that? Maybe, maybe uh, it was, I don't know, Robin van Persie or someone like that who pushed you away. Yeah. No, it must have been someone younger. Jack Wilshere. You are his... Yeah, uh, who knows? Jack I might have met like a young Jack Wilshere at one of these camps. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe you were playing each other and I don't know, maybe he gave you a knock or something. And that's, yeah. that's how he... That was it. That was but it. My that Arsenal. was the this decisive moment of your football career. Sorry, that was the decisive moment of your football career. Yeah, it oh, gets me every time. You know what? You should, it gets me every time. Yeah, you know what? We should call Doctor Who to fix this. Maybe he would help, <laughs> help us. You know, we would change the past. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that that could come in handy. Actually, uh, we have to tell my listeners what I told you in the in the club in Podjebrady when I, when we. It was maybe the second time we met after we played football. Yeah, we met. Uh, well, we were pretty pissed, which means, <laughs> which means in your slang to be drunk, yeah. Yeah. And we met in Savoy, which is a club in Podjebrady. Yeah. Uh, I told you that you look like Theo Walcott, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I knew I already knew you were English, so I told you that you look like Theo Walcott. Do you remember what you responded to it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did you say? I was like, oh yeah, only, I think I said something. Yeah, it was only because I have like, I'm only. It's only because I'm mixed race. Now, this is interesting. Can I ask you a question? It's. I hope you 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 will take it lightly. It's about. Yeah. You just you just said you're mixed race. Sometimes yeah. I don't know. Not only me, but my students keep asking me how you should refer to people of mixed race. There are loads of different words. Some of them are politically incorrect. Some of them used to be all right, but uh, throughout the time became politically incorrect. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes we are confused. Could you make this clear for us, please? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I think it's it's definitely quite a gray area. Um, it depends a lot on like the individual person. Yeah. So unless, I mean, to what's like what would um, appear to be. Well, a person who would appear to be maybe uh, mixed race or white to another person maybe may appear to be black to another person. It's all, yeah, it's all just a a big old a big old mess, really. But personally, I consider myself to be mixed race, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. largely because you know my mum is black and my dad is white. Okay. And okay. I'm just naturally the product of that. But all right. Um, yeah, a lot of people will consider me to be black. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, well, if you come to the Czech, yeah, it's really, if you come to the Czech Republic, uh, we we don't have yeah. any blacks here, so it it's like that's what they would they would consider you, as you say. But uh, it's it's apparent yeah, yeah. it's apparent that you're mixed race. But anyway, it doesn't really matter. What matters is, I mean, if somebody yeah. is black, can I call him when when we talk to each other, or you know, like can I refer to him? For example, can I say my friend? You know which one, uh, David. David who? Uh, the black guy. Can I say this? 
Is it all right to say this? The black yeah, yeah. yeah? Just the for example, there, are two David, people... there are two Davids, you know, and one is black. So can I say, yeah, yeah. is it politically correct? Is it not offending the guy? No, like, personally, personally, I don't consider that to be politically incorrect. I mean, um, you can't, it's, it's not healthy to just avoid um, all talk of race. You know, it's, it's, it's totally fine to say, you know, oh, yeah, the, the, the black guy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But I heard that some, that, I don't know, I heard that, for example, in America, this is like, you shouldn't say that. You should say African-American or something like that. Yeah, which I personally find ridiculous I mean, because it's too long, and um, it sounds a bit awkward, like too long. African American, you know, it's like, yeah. who are you? African American? Are you African? Are you American? You know, and they are Americans. They feel Americans yeah. because they were born in America. So why, why, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, I think that's just a case of being overly, um, overly politically correct. Yeah. So it's, um, it's okay to call person a black person, of course, uh, if you meet, yeah, yeah. if you have good, good intention. Yeah, totally. Like, it's totally fine to, you know, say someone is a black person uh -huh. uh, or is a white person. The only thing that's a problem is, uh, you know, when people have negative yeah. connotations yes, yes, yes. Uh, like associated with each word. Uh -huh. that's, yeah, that's where, like, all the problems stem from. But, like, saying, uh, saying someone is, like, a black person or a white person, this or that, is, you know, it's fine. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, I remember my boss when I, I told you I used to work on construction sites in Romford among Cockney, Cockney speakers. And he used to say yeah. he was like 60, he was English. So uh, he was a little bit, I could feel he was a little bit this high class, posh kind of guy. And he always used to say yeah. a colored, colored boy, because there was one uh, black guy who used to work with us. He was from South Africa, actually. He was, mm -hmm. he was a really nice guy. And he always re uh, used to refer to him the colored guy, but he, he meant it in a nice way. Again, is this all right or not? Is it better to say, like, yeah, I mean, how do you perceive this? Saying, yeah, saying someone's colored, I think it's just perhaps like seen as a bit more like politically correct in some people's, like some people's opinion, just avoiding, it's just a way to avoid the word black. Aha, really. so it is even, it, it is even, it might be even uh, more politically correct. Yeah, but... I mean, yeah, you, usage of the word black to describe someone's race, it's, uh, yeah, like, like I said, personally, I consider it to be fine, but uh -huh. um, a lot of people consider it to, like, be... Offensive. Uh, like, politically incorrect, yeah. But uh, and I consider those people to be overly politically correct. Okay, thanks, mate. This is great explanation. I really, I really wanted to clear this up. Yeah. So, I don't know, what else haven't we talked about? What else... What else is important? Um, if you talk about talk British values or what it means to be British, maybe the British Queen. Sorry? <laughs> the British Queen, not the band. Yeah, I think most people in, in like, on the British side. Yeah, yeah. I think the most people um, feel. I'm losing you, man. <laughs> What's happening? I, I think most people don't feel like too, um, too attached from the Queen. To attach to the queen. Oh, Ethan. Yeah, I'm getting a sign saying there's an internet connection problem. Something is happening. All right. Okay, is it better now? Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, you, what can, can I say to me? describe this? You're breaking up? Not breaking up, breaking... Yeah, yeah, you, like the connection's breaking up. Breaking up, actually, yeah. You see, this is, yeah, yeah. This is really difficult for me uh, as a learner of English language that... Phrasal verbs are difficult to learn, first of all. But not only that, but they sometimes have more meanings. I know I can break up with a girlfriend, and the, yeah. the connection can break up. You know, so it's kind of confusing. But yeah, yeah, I believe I believe it must be hard for you to learn Czech. So yeah, because yeah, it's it's a funny funny expression that to break like break break up because it's quite similar to the phrase break down. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, I can't really personally see too much difference between them. Yeah, it's, yeah, the English language is quite funny. <laughs> Works in strange ways. Yeah. Uh, now, why don't you tell us something in Czech? Because maybe my listeners, uh, maybe they think that I'm pulling the wool over their eyes and deceiving them, and maybe they think this, this is not true, you know, that you actually are learning Czech. 
I'm just making this up in order to, I don't know. In order to trick me into speaking some Czech. <laughs> yeah, to, to trick you into speaking Czech or in order to, uh, I don't know, to put more emphasis on my nation, which is obviously uh, rather small. Or Anyway, um, can you tell us something in Czech? Um, yeah, sure. I can, I can, I can uh, have a dialogue with you in Czech, short dialogue. And uh, okay. maybe some listeners, some of my listeners can actually, are actually either Czech or they can a little bit understand Czech because they might be Polish or even Russians may sometimes understand Czech. So why don't we have a yeah. really short dialogue, nothing stressful, just a short one. Okay, cool. Okay. Tak, ahoj, Zdenek. Ahoj, Ethan. Jak se máš? Dobře, díky. Uh, a ty? Já jsem vám výborně. A co děláš? Um, oh, dnes mluvím s tebe a potom uh, rozhovor. Jo, jo, um, já budu um, pracovat um, a dělat domácí úkol. A domácí úkol. Děláš rád domácí úkoly? Rád? Uh, mě často, ale um, um, potřebuju uh, číst... Uh, She's Roman. Uh-huh. Um, knihu, knihu. Mm-hmm. Yo, yo. Great. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Ethan. And maybe could you say something in Russian now? But it's going to be one way communication, maybe because I can only say Sto Harasho, Pani Maesh, Kagdela. That's basically it. Yeah. So <laughs> you, you, can, you can try to speak to me in Russian if you want. And I will uh, do my best to answer you. But. Uh, Yeah. Let's see what happens. Okay. Uh, Privet Zdenek. Uh, ahoj. <laughs> Guten Tag. Как дела? Как дела, Ethan? Я хорошо. Хорошо? Хорошо. Хорошо. Да, да. Спасибо. А ты? Хорошо, хорошо. So, <laughs> uh, okay. It's, yeah, it's quite confusing um, for me to switch back and forth between just the two languages. It must be. I can I can imagine that. I was uh, ready to start talking about Russian football players and Russian sportsmen. All I know, all I know, Alexander yeah. Ovechkin, Andrei Arshavin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember um, on a trip to Russia. Uh, It was quite a while ago, like five, six years ago. I went to St. Petersburg, and uh, one evening we were standing outside a pub, and I started talking to these Russian guys. Yeah. They also supported Arsenal, <laughs> and as soon as as soon as I mentioned I supported Arsenal as well, and was a slight fan of Andre Arshavin, <laughs> they went crazy. They went bananas. They went bananas. Yeah. That's a really nice expression. They went bananas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, tell me, do they drink? Do they drink vodka so much, or is it just stereotype? I think it's just a stereotype. When I was there, uh-huh. um, like we, us English people, drank a lot more than they did. Yeah, of course. Even a lot more vodka. <laughs> yeah, we were quite surprised. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe they were just being really sneaky about it, just trying to make us feel good. Uh-huh. <laughs> you don't know. With the secret flasks, secret hit flasks, just knocking it back, knocking back the drink. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, thanks a lot, uh, Ethan. I think uh, we have to wrap it up now because in about one hour I actually have a lesson. Guess with whom? With a Russian girl. And I need to. Oh yeah. I need to prepare for this. This was a really pleasure for me to have you here tonight. No, no. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Okay, great. Thanks a lot, man. Have, have a good time. Bye. Ahoy. <laughs> Ahoy. Ahoy. Hello, everyone. You've been listening to Zdeniak's English Podcast. Now I use present perfect continuous tense. It is highly appropriate here. And it's because I want to focus on the time you have spent listening to this I want to emphasize that you started about, let's say, 17, 18 or 19 minutes ago. I'm not sure how many minutes ago now. It doesn't matter. But uh, I'm focusing on the time. 
whereas if I wanted to focus on the result uh, I would have used or I would use you have listened to the next English podcast uh, it's quite handy to use uh, you have listened to the next English podcast at the very end of um, the episode when I actually am drawing it to a close but we are not there yet because clearly up to this point you're still listening and it seems like you haven't listened to everything yet you are in for some more listening content and it seems like you will listen at least a bit more so this tense is appropriate here now maybe you're saying to yourself Zdeněk, why have you started with this boring grammar stuff? actually it is largely appropriate to kick this part off by some grammar because grammar as you know not grammatic like a lot of my students say by mistake grammar is an inherent part of the language that I am speaking right now namely the English language or simply English if you want in the last episode as well as this one you have been given an opportunity to be exposed uh, to a native speaker from England called Ethan naturally he used uh, a lot of natural expressions uh, the native speakers normally use it's just the nature of native speakers to use natural expressions naturally naturally for the next English podcast this is golden stuff of course it's time for vocab analysis I didn't choose the expressions for scrutiny randomly actually they were carefully picked to meet the st- uh, they were carefully picked to meet strictest criteria I'm a strict teacher you see I'm so strict you can't possibly imagine how strict I am well I don't beat my students because I realize I could end up in a jail or prison or behind bars uh, and I don't mean the bars where you can drink uh, alcoholic drinks not a lovely thought really I could probably record episodes of podcast from there but let's face it the possibilities would be a bit limited but I do respect the law and corporal punishment in the classroom is out of bounds it's not allowed it is prohibited which means I have to find slightly different ways to deal with misbehaving students to deal with students who don't want to abide by the uh, school classroom regulations and principles how do my students misbehave well in a lot of different ways they don't pay attention while I speak they don't do their homework and essays uh, or they just send their essays after the deadline they prompt during the test they tell each other the answers although this might not always work especially if you let if you if you let some not so strong students give you advice by prompting Um, it might not be the best idea sometimes they know the answers in advance how on earth is this possible how on earth did they get hold of answers to my tests I just don't believe it sometimes or they you use mother tongue while well, they shouldn't they should always speak English at all times in my classes of course because I uh, respect the the cutting-edge or state-of-the-art teaching methods and they say that you should teach English in English and there should be no interference of the mother tongue it is simply harmful to the transfer of knowledge or they use their phone or what's even worse they go to the toilet while taking a test taking their phone with them phoning somebody to get the answers you know this is something that is really hard to prevent because uh, everyone should be allowed to go to the toilet right this is like one of your needs when you need to urinate or defecate you shouldn't really be stopped unless you want to uh, experience some kind of terrible accident during the test taking which might in its result leads to a catastrophic scenario uh, again possibly involving some official complaints and uh, me ending up in a jail yeah or they even play games on a laptop again this is hard to spot or deal with because uh, 
what they tell me is they they use uh, they use their laptop as a dictionary. But when I actually go round, sometimes I uh, discover that they play games. How awful! Or when they are told to speak, they speak silently or mumble. So then it is really hard for me to understand what they are saying and possibly help them with some correction. And I have to uh, keep repeating, speak up, speak up. Or could you say it again? Could you please repeat that? Sorry, I'm not following. Sorry, I don't understand. Can you stop mumbling? Something like that. Or, most importantly, some of the students don't speak English at all. You know, uh, they just produce some kind of sounds and it doesn't really resemble English, you know. So this is the worst of all misbehaviors, of course. No, the last one was a joke, you know. Uh, you know, you get from time to time, once in a while, uh, lame jokes uh, in this podcast. And uh, I'm pretty sure you are already kind of familiar with this tone of the podcast. That Sometimes I just make improvised jokes. I tell jokes which are not appropriate. But uh, yeah, and I even make it worse by explaining to you that these were meant to be jokes. I mean, if I didn't actually comment on the fact that this was meant to be a joke, you wouldn't probably even notice it. It's just me. You know, sometimes you can't stop yourself. Does this ever happen to you that you can't stop yourself from doing something that you, sh- you know you shouldn't do? It happens to me all the time. Anyway, let's get back to the point I was making earlier. You might be saying to yourself, Zdeněk, how do you cope with such disciplinary issues? How do you put up with it? It must be really hard. It, it is really a hard nut to crack. It's not a piece of cake. You need to be consistent. You have to have clear-cut rules, some kind of straightforward um, rules, which you stick to from the beginning, from the very first lesson you have with your students, with your class. You give second chances, but not more. If they don't bring homework, they have to bring two pieces of homework next time. Uh, Those are just random ideas off the top of my head, or loaf, if you want. Usually they work if you are consistent. This is the key word. You have to be consistent and persistent and, uh, and possibly get an assistant like some kind of um, assistant. Yeah, get an assistant. Even if you are a very respected authority and teacher and uh, you are super consistent and confident and uh, you have an assistant and uh, whatnot, even then you can still bump into an idiot. He can still come across somebody really stupid who who is just unimaginably uh, stupid. It's like always in life. It is inevitable. Uh, And to educate such person, whatever you do, nothing really helps. In such case, you ideally have to give up. If you don't, you you could end up in a mental house. And again, just like the prison case, I could probably carry on doing the podcast from there. I'll just have to rename it back to Crazy English Podcast. This was the podcast which preceded Zdeněk's English Podcast. And uh, which I had done before I took inspiration from Luke's English podcast. You might still be able to find some remnants of this on the internet. But I'm warning you, it's a bit crazy. After all, it's called Crazy English Podcast. What else would you expect? Anyway, time to stop rambling on and do some serious business, shall we? <clears throat> now I'm gonna go through the selected expressions for this language analysis. So let me first read them to you and then I will explain them and give you some examples. So here are the expressions. Everything falls into place. To stick with something. Put time into doing something. Every little helps. Spontaneity. Then there is something in French double entendre or double entendre or something like that can't bring oneself to do something trademark a trademark to frown upon something come to think of it topsy-turvy 
hold somebody in high regard, no one's way round, it gets me every time, a grey area, connotation, go bananas, be sneaky about something, and not something back. Let me count the expressions 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. It should be 19 expressions if I counted this correctly. Uh, it's quite an odd number, isn't it? Uh, let me do it again. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Yes, it should be 19. Yeah, I've practiced uh, telling you numbers, which is a bit of elementary stuff, really. But doesn't matter. Maybe you're uh, listening to this drunk and you need to sharpen your senses by uh, listening to how we say numbers in English. Should I do it again? Maybe uh, fr uh, backwards. Okay, 19, 18, 17, 16, 15. Uh, si uh, okay, I'm not going to do it, but instead I could maybe warn you that you need to put the stress on teen syllable. A lot of my students, they just don't do this. And they say 15, and then it sounds like 50, you know? It's easily confused. You should say 15, not 15. All right? Say 15, 16, 17, 19, or something like that. Alright? Okay, let me now play the jingle, and after the jingle we will get to the analysis proper. By the way, talking of jingle, uh, I thought maybe, maybe I need another one. I don't know. How do you feel about my jingles? I feel like they have become a bit cliched. I would like to hereby ask you guys, my listeners, isn't there anyone who could possibly... Uh, create a, a jingle for me. I, I don't mean to download it somewhere, you know. I would really love to have a unique jingle. So if any one of you is a, a good composer, a good jingle composer, please could you get back to me about this one? You know, I told you my email address in the previous podcast or you can simply contact me via message on Facebook or something. Yeah, could you do that for me? Because this is the old jingle. And uh, I just feel it's just a bit overused now here in the podcast. I mean, this is the 51st episode. I just feel this is the moment when we should, I should start thinking about uh, changing the jingle. What do you think? Do you, do you agree with me? Okay, the first expression to tackle is... Everything sort of fell into place in the right time. This is exactly what Ethan said. Everything fell into place is the expression which means everything happened in a satisfactory way without any problems. You know when you sometimes uh, do a puzzle, everything works out well, every single piece kind of fits. But guys, don't get me wrong, life doesn't work this way because life is not a puzzle. Life is much more difficult and you have to experience ups as well as downs, unfortunately. So just be ready for it. Uh, don't expect that everything will fall into place. Okay? But when it does, don't forget to celebrate it. Another one is to stick with something. Now, Ethan used this expression when he was talking about the courses, the language courses they were offering at his school. At the time, he said he didn't, know, he didn't know if it would work out for him well. He said to himself, let's go for it, and if I enjoy it, I will stick with it. That's what he said. And he did stick with it. He, he continued studying Czech and, and Russian. We use this expression to stick with something when we continue doing something, when we don't give up, we just go for it, and we don't let go. We continue. We press on. Okay? I might say... That, for example, when I started doing this podcast, which was which was sometime in spring last year, uh, actually, I might have a one-year anniversary uh, because it must have been sometime in March or maybe April when I first started doing the podcast. So I have I have been 
I've been doing this podcast for for one year now. I didn't even realize that. Uh, yeah, but first I thought maybe this is just uh, another attempt, uh, enthusiastic, enthusiastic uh, attempt, and I thought it would fade away. But in fact, I I stuck with it. I surprised myself uh, because I'm an Aries, and that's what. Uh, we do. Uh, I'm, I, I was born under the sign of Aries, and we often get enthusiastic about doing things, but uh, often our enthusiasm just fades away, you know? Uh, we just stop being into it for whatever reasons, um, because we can't keep up enthusiasm, we can't keep the excitement going. But in this particular case, I really did stick with doing the Next English podcast. It is a pure miracle, don't you think? Another expression is, uh, I think, quite easy. It is to put time into doing something. In this case, Ethan said that, generally speaking, people in Britain don't put time into doing languages, into learning languages. Um, it basically means that people don't make effort um, studying hard. They don't put time. You know, because you always have to allocate your time. You have to have some kind of time management for whatever you're doing. Even if you don't call it time management, you always have this. Because you have to decide which thing you want to do. If you want to uh, play a computer game, if you want to listen to the next English podcast, or if you want to uh, go bungee jumping, or if you want to do a little bit of extra work, you always decide about your time allotment. Yes, so for example, I put time into doing my own podcast, I put time into, some people might say that I put time into making fool of myself by recording the next English podcast. I, of course, disagree with people, I just think they are a bit jealous or envious because I became enthusiastic about doing something and I'm really into it. And uh, Or these people, they're just, uh, you know, miserable who are negative about everything. You can get so many miserable people like this in the Czech Republic. You wouldn't even believe how many people of this kind of attitude live in this country. Because you, you might have a bit distorted distorted idea, a bit biased idea, because you, you have been listening to my podcast, to uh, me, uh, and you know I'm from the Czech Republic, I'm Czech. And you might think uh, all Czechs are like this. No, not really. Uh, you, will, you would be disappointed. There are so many negative people here. And uh, sometimes it's really a challenge uh, that you need to take on to deal with uh, so much negativity around you. You know, uh, so much envy and generally jealousy. You, can, you, you wouldn't believe it. Yeah? So, uh, yeah, where was I? Huh. Yeah, I was talking about putting time into doing things. Yes, putting time into doing something. Okay? So, yeah, there you go. Uh, another expression is every little helps. Every little helps. Uh, we were talking about our language exchange that we do with Ethan, that every Sunday we basically have a Skype call and half, half the time we speak English, half the time we speak Czech. And he told me that um, this conversation in Czech is very beneficial for him. And he said that every little helps. He needs to practice speaking. He needs to work on his speaking skills. And uh, having conversation with, uh, with a native speaker, being me, uh, will always be a valuable opportunity for him. Every little helps means that if you use every single opportunity, even a small one, uh, it can in result bring you some wonderful, magnificent result. You know, there is even a saying in English language, look after a penny and the pound will look after itself. And... Uh, This is uh, told to people who don't who, who don't want to save money, who instead waste their money. So uh, you can tell them this kind of saying with, with a moral that look after the penny or look after a penny and the pound will look after itself. Uh, so, um, you know, I wonder. Uh, penny. Penny is obviously this little, little coin which doesn't have much value. But if you collect loads of pennies, you, you might actually um, assemble or gather a lot of money. I'm just thinking, is this really the case that if you look after the penny, the pound will look after itself? 
What if you keep bending your back because of uh, picking up pennies that people leave in the streets? For example, in London, I remember that there were pennies lying all over the place, just uh, the smallest coins in value, of course, uh, and uh, really worthless on their own. And people, they just have to bend in order to pick them up. And uh, most of the people, they are unwilling to do this. I think this, it's because they know that if they keep bending, they eventually hurt their back. And, uh, you know, when you hurt your back, you have to, you have to pay for the doctors. So uh, the money you think you find in the street will actually not pay off in the end because you will have to spend this money on your doctors. It's not as advisable to, to heed uh, the advice of sayings, traditional sayings, okay? Just use your discretion uh, and common sense, you know? All right, let's move on. Another word is spontaneity. Spontaneity it sounds a bit strange, doesn't it? A bit sophisticated one. Yeah, and it is. Uh, an adjective from this is spontaneous. Maybe you know it better than the noun spontaneity. And spontaneous means, uh, basically, when something is spontaneous, it is natural and uh, not scripted. It is not contrived. It just comes with some kind of natural instinct. Uh, it's, for example, when you come up with some ideas on the spur of the moment, when, um, you know, when um, you want to be spot, when you are spontaneous, uh, it's the opposite of planned. Like sometimes I plan my lessons, my English lessons. Sometimes I am spontaneous. Sometimes I make things up on the go or as I go along. I'm sure you understand this. And the spont spontaneity is just a noun, an abstract noun from uh, from this adjective spontaneous. Ethan said that he per he is personally a fan of spontaneity. When we discussed, I think it was the uh, the jokes and uh, the British joke, British uh, sense of humor, and yeah. So um, me too. I'm also a fan of uh, spontaneity. I have to say, I just can't afford to be spontaneous on the podcast all the time. So uh, to be honest, actually, this episode is not that spontaneous. There are some notes I'm using for this, and. Uh, I'm, read, I'm reading something out, actually. Uh, but anyway, I'm trying to pull the wool over your eyes. I'm trying to deceive you little. So I, I try to sound as much spontaneous, as much natural as I possibly can. Because um, it's not nice when somebody just reads something, is it? Yeah, another one is double entendre or double entendre, as my dictionary says. Just listen to this. Double entendre. Can you hear that? Double entendre. Sounds French to me. I'm not a French expert, of course. I don't have a French pronunciation and I can't speak French really. But uh, maybe if, if there are some guys out there listening to this episode of the English podcast, they might be able to help us with uh, this expression which apparently comes from French. Must be, must be a borrowed word. I haven't checked it in, a, in an etymological dictionary. But uh, I just uh, I just presume I suppose it will be the case. Well, what does this mean? Um, it means something like double meaning. You know, uh, sorry, that was my phone. You know, when uh, you have you have to say if you want to say something, um, sometimes you know when you say something, sometimes it can be interpreted in two possible ways. Sometimes people uh, say this really on purpose and. Uh, just to be clever or smart or something or just to be funny or there is some kind of hidden um, secret intention behind it or something and uh, imagine you have a job interview okay there is a new there is a, a, a vacancy for a position of a new secretary at a uh, let's say um, a prestigious firm prestigious company and uh, the interviewer is, uh, of course, uh, somebody from Human Resources Department, as it is uh, typical for such situations. And the interviewee, that is the person 
the job applicant interviewee um, is um, somebody, anyone. And uh, yeah, I should say that the interviewer is actually male, and the interviewee is not just anyone. It's a gorgeous girl, a really beautiful girl, a pretty, pretty girl. And uh, after the interview, um, the interviewee can ask, "So how did I do? Did, do I have? Do I stand any chance of uh, getting this job?" And uh, the interviewer will um, will say in a kind of a enthusiastic voice I want you and what does this interviewer really mean I mean he's male uh, the the woman is pretty or beautiful and uh, maybe he looked at her maybe he he eyed her up he eyed her up throughout the whole interview and who knows what again my again my phone who knows what his real intentions are you know Maybe he just wants to get off with her or something. Another expression is, I couldn't bring myself to delete it. So uh, the expression is, to bring oneself to do something. It basically means not to be able to do it, because it is emotionally difficult, whatever it is. So um, Eaton used this expression when he was correcting my ridiculous attempt to translate an idiom from my own language, um, this could serve as a great example what you shouldn't really do when you study languages, uh, when you study languages which are not your native tongues. Um, I said something like, I didn't find the heart. That's uh, what we say in Czech, really, as an idiom. It means in Czech something like, I, I couldn't really bring myself to do it. You know, it was so emotionally difficult for me. And in Czech we say, I didn't find the heart. But apparently I checked Google and it's not used in English. So be careful. Don't make such such a stupid mistake like I, like I did myself. Because you can't simply translate idioms from your language into English. I mean, you, you might be lucky that sometimes there is really uh, the same idiom. But uh, in most cases you would end up saying something... Uh, ridiculous sounding you know yeah for example in Czech we say when, when we want to say that something really sucks something is not good we say uh, something like it's on the dragon you know it's on the dragon which doesn't have any meaning at all in English of course so yeah be careful okay an example mm, could be another example from my own life yeah, always when you learn such idioms or expressions, it's really handy to try and come up with your own examples, which kind of relates to your own life. Uh, try to personalize the vocabulary you learn, you study, because uh, you might be surprised, but uh, the likelihood that you will actually acquire, that you will pick up this vocabulary, uh, increases if you create some good examples that relate to you. My own example could be that uh, after the graduation, I couldn't really bring myself to uh, destroy or throw away or burn my past papers. Past papers are those, uh, let's say, study materials which you used for exams. And I had plenty of these, of course, because I was a good student. And I studied really hard. And I made a lot of notes during the lectures. I did go to lectures, I didn't bunk off or something. So I had a lot of past papers, I still have them, because I couldn't really bring myself to delete it. It would be too emotionally difficult, because um, there was so much work behind it, and now why would I really delete it? Plus, it could come in handy one day, who knows? Someone might want to use this. Okay, another expression is, or a word is, trademark, trademark. Uh, maybe you know these words in isolation, trade and a mark. You know, sometimes uh, mm, we can make compound words. Compound words are words which are, are created from two different words, such as ice cream, something like that. Uh, Ethan um, said that saying inappropriate jokes is a trademark of British sense of humor. And trademark here basically means it's characteristic of, or it's typical of. I wonder what you think the trademark of Stenix English podcast is. I happen to say sometimes uh, inappropriate things here. 
I'm talking about the root language, the dirty expressions, the, the F words. Um, yeah, I hope it's not the trademark of the next English podcast, really, because that wouldn't be nice, would it? Well, you know what? Let me use this as an opportunity to apologize to you for all the, these root words. I hope they weren't heaps of them, loads of them. I hope, I hope they were used uh, sparingly and only when it was necessary. Anyway, I had better apologize for this. I ought to do this. So, I am really sorry for, for doing this sometimes. And I think I will keep on doing this because I just feel it's part of the language. In fact, I don't really feel the urge to apologize at all because I just fucking love using these words, you know. I think it's fucking amazing, you know. Sometimes uh, you need to relieve your stress and sometimes you really want to say something in a kind of a emphatic way and these F words they are so powerful they are so up so fucking lutely powerful aren't they okay I think that's it that's enough yeah for now it's enough because some of you might frown upon this which is a wonderful transition isn't it that uh, I have just produced transition means I've moved from one expression to another one and it was so smooth well, I really have to praise myself. Well, if you praise yourself too much, it loses its effect. So, I shouldn't do it so much. Okay, to frown up on something, you know what the verb to frown means. Uh, it's the opposite of to smile, actually. You know when you have this, the, the smiley faces, when you uh, write emails or Facebook messages or, or uh, Skype messages or something like that, you have a the whole uh, list of smiley faces at disposal and you can use them at your will and the frowning face expresses kind of sadness or unhappiness so that's what to frown means and when you frown up on something it is my favorite expression I have to tell you really um, I am intensively working on acquiring this expression myself as part of my active vocabulary knowledge because I am uh, I know this, I do, but I just can't bring myself to, to use it for whatever reason, you know. I would love to use it spontaneously, to frown upon something. So what does this mean? Yeah, well, I think you might have already guessed what it means. Um, it's just something is not really accepted by public, for example, you know. For example, there is a worldwide stereotype that English talk about weather all day long. And this is exactly what we talked about in the debate with Ethan. They talk about weather 24-7. That's what a lot of people all around all <coughs> pardon. That's what a lot of people all around the world just think. However, in England this is basically frowned upon. It is not accepted very well with open arms. People just don't find it nice. Uh, maybe they find it a little offending or insulting. It's just not popular, you know. The British are simply sick and tired of being associated with this expression, so it is frowned upon. Ethan himself says that uh, this talk, this weather talk, is mundane, uh, although he concedes at the same time that there might be some truth in it. Uh, it I think, nevertheless, that uh, it kind of fulfills the, the social function of interaction, of exchanging some kind of uh, data when people meet and talk, you know, just to on, to uh, remain on the friendly terms or just to kind of talk about something. It's it's a great topic uh, to, to, to start with because there is some kind of visual to it and the, the weather is such an inherent part, such an elementary part of our everyday lives that you can't really, you can't really not talk about it, can you? Uh, and the weather in England, it has its specifics uh, because it's changeable, you know. Unlike in some other countries, like in the Czech Republic, the weather changes every seven days. In England, it changes really rapidly because uh, it's close to the close to the ocean. So I think that's the, the reason. Um, because uh, I might remember something from my geography lessons. Okay, let me give you my own example. Okay, imagine a relationship between a, a student... And, um, and a teacher. I'm talking about, uh, for example, a male teacher and a girl who, who is uh, his student. The girl is obviously 18 plus, don't get me wrong. 
Um, there are some students who are 18 plus. Don't associate students with just young, uh, underaged or, or teenage people. The students can be much older. Uh, I'm a living proof of this because I feel as a I still feel as a student, um, or I would love to think so that I am. I don't really know. I probably I'm not a student anymore officially. In fact, I am sure I am not. But um, um, I'm still coming to terms with this that I am actually a teacher. I'm on the other other side of the barrier. I believe it might be one of the most reasonable things to do, you know, it's a win-win situation for both this student and the teacher. I mean, the teacher must be happy that he has a young young girlfriend or something and, and, and he can also pass the knowledge on the student. And the student can really benefit from this a lot because he can learn from the teacher, uh, he, I mean, she... Uh, unless uh, th this person is gay, which is acceptable because we live in a society uh, which is no longer hopefully prejudi prejudiced against uh, gay people, the homosexuals. Um, might I might drop a few jokes about them. That's just what we do here in this society. But why not? You know, come on. If the people love each other, why not allow them express their um, feelings? I think it's perfectly fine, perfectly right, and uh, yeah, I just don't understand that in some cultures this is still frowned upon, you know, yeah, okay, but uh, maybe my previous example about the relationship between a student and a teacher is uh, the real thing that you would frown upon, I don't know, I just want to know your opinion, do you think this is right, do you think this can be done? And when I'm talking about a student-teacher uh, relationship, I do honestly think that uh, this should be kept secret and I think it can really be dangerous for the teacher as well as the student, uh, and especially the teacher because it can ruin his career if somebody finds out, really. Um, but, you know, it's I have to admit that sometimes I fancy my students, you know. So um, I think it's just human nature. I think this is nothing nothing that the person should be ashamed of. It is dangerous, so I try to avoid this, really. And yes, I... I okay, I, I really don't do this, I have to tell you. But who knows, you know? Who knows? You never say never. So, yeah. Student-teacher relationship, even though it is frowned upon, what do you think about it? Do you personally frown upon this? Or, or do you find this normal? acceptable tell me I would like to know this is an interesting question this is an interesting um, topic for me now number six mm, number six is the expression come to think of it come to think of it it just means I just remembered or something like while on the subject having said that or saying that um, it's when you get a sudden association when something springs to your mind while you talk about something else so you just remembered and you say I come to think of it for example you're talking about relationships and affairs between teachers and students and I said that they might be common for example in um, at American colleges or at least that's what I think from uh, watching a lot of TV series and stuff usually these relationships are frowned upon by the public. Come to think of it, it may be dangerous because blackmailing can appear. Students may use you as a teacher. So, have you noticed uh, how I um, kind of inserted this phrase, come to think of it, in an intricate way? You know, I just remembered uh, that it may be dangerous. I don't know if this was the, the best example, really. Anyway, let's move on. Another one is topsy-turvy. I have to say I suggested this myself, unlike the the majority of the expressions that uh, I'm um, going through now and I'm analyzing. And I know this uh, vocabulary item, topsy-turvy, from the TV series Black Books. This is British TV series, used to be my favorite until I discovered Mind Your Language, Walking Death, Doctor Who, and of course, above all, The Game of Thrones. For some reason, I remember this expression, the topsy-turvy expression, because it just sounds so odd, doesn't it? I said it while giving my um, comment on English weather, 
which is volatile. That's what um, that's what Ethan says, and not stable. It's changeable, and that's what topsy turvy means. There, topsy turvy means in a state of confusion, upside down, in disorder or disarray. Sometimes uh, the way I Ryan uh, ah, excuse me. Sometimes I can't really express myself clearly, can I? No, but I wanted to say sometimes the way I run things here um, at, in this podcast are a bit topsy turvy, aren't they? It has no rhyme and reason to it. Uh, it's a little bit disorganized. Um, are you a bit like that, or do you prefer if everything is speak and span? Um, to be frank, I like bit of both. Ideally, a blend of spontaneity, chaos, and law and order. I think it can be a powerful recipe. Alright, let me take a little break here, because I've just covered all the expressions from the first part of the interview with Ethan. And let me use this as an opportunity to bask in my moment of glory. A bit more humility um, could not do any harm. You know, I could be a bit more humble. I don't know. But um, I just can't help it, guys. I can't help it. I have to bask in my moment of glory. I have been mentioned of Luke's English podcast by Luke Thompson himself. My teacher, my mentor, my idol. And, uh, of course, um, inspiration for this podcast. It had happened before, actually. But not on such a large scale. Wow. Last Friday. No, it was actually... The Friday before last Friday, uh, Luke asked me to give him some tips on how to improve uh, how to improve your speaking skills through listening to uh, Luke's English podcast. I did help him out. I did help him out, and he rewarded me for it in a, in in an amazing fashion. He talked about me several times, complimented me, and read my tips on his podcast. That was pretty awesome. I felt really good, I have to say. I was full of joys of spring. I was in the seventh heaven, or I was over the moon. Not only it made me feel so good, and uh, in, a, in a self-indulgent way, obviously, it also led to an increasing number of listeners, which is much more important, the curious fans from Luke's English Podcast, who came over to my podcast just to try this out, you know, just to see what they can expect in this podcast and of course this is a pleasure for me to welcome these people here i just hope they are not too disappointed you know i hope they are not disappointed too much hope you feel at home here guys welcome to the next english podcast uh, my name is Denik. i'm an english teacher i am not a native speaker i suppose you must have noticed this yourselves because my english is not flawless but I do run the podcast anyway and I try to treat this as my uh, kind of uh, ocean of of peace or something I don't know what what kind of metaphor I should use here okay so yeah uh, this was the break and now mm, oh mine this has been so long already I don't think I'll be able to really continue, you know. I think I'll have to stop here and uh, really make this a two-part analysis episode. Oh my God. I always expect that I will manage to talk about the things that I prepare in much shorter time. The reality always lets me down, really, you know. I just can't do it. I keep failing when it comes to time management, don't I? I don't know, I should sign up for a course or enroll on, on some kind of a course or uh, le lectures of how to better manage your time or something. Yeah, there are still expressions which I want to do to... Uh, hold on, let me find it for you. Got a list somewhere. To hold somebody in high regard, to know one's way around, To uh, it gets me every time, a grey area connotation go bananas be sneaky about something and knock something back i'm sorry i will have to do it next time because this is this is already the longest episode of all the episodes of the next english podcast possibly yeah i can clearly see it is because as i am recording this i can actually see in this program that i'm using i can actually see 
how long I have been into this already and uh, it shows a number that is way too high okay way too high anyway it was pleasure for me to talk to you again I hope you you find this useful somehow I hope you keep in touch I hope you uh, remain tuned in for the podcast I hope you have great time I hope you uh, enjoy uh, the upcoming spring uh, unless you are from uh, down under or in a place where spring actually means uh, uh, autumn I don't know because I might get uh, listeners from these places really okay that's it for me for now And I'm really sorry once again that I'm dividing this and next time you will be able to listen to the uh, to the rest of this. Bye, 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 this is the bye song. I've never sung this before and I think I will never sing it again, really. Bye.